0: Hey there, Tyler here from Between Sundays. Hey, look, we went a little long today in recording our episode about the Enneagram. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this into two different parts. Part one will be us talking to David about uh, numbers two through, let's say, six. And then uh, part two, we're going to split and talk about numbers seven through one it'll make more sense when we, once we get into the episode but uh, two parts be sure to download subscribe tell a friend uh, we're always interested in growing this community so thanks for listening and uh, let's get the episode started welcome 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 we are back between Sundays my name is Tyler Bender and we are excited that you are here with another with us for another episode I am alongside Marin Gaffron and Barry Rodriguez hey guys howdy hey. And we're on to episode number three. It feels just like, just like yesterday where the three of us were sitting in a dark closet talking about ideas, not that much different than what we're talking about now, but what can we do? Uh, what can we do that would get to the people of Grace Church? And we said, why not a podcast? Why not, why not, uh, be call it between Sundays. And so Episode number three. Who who knew? What dark closet right. are you talking about? I think the closet that we're sitting in right now.
1: Wrong idea. Remember that time we all met each other in, in a dark, dark closet. closet. <laughs> well,
2: I mean,
0: I was trying to make a joke of the room that we're currently sitting in, but thanks for playing along, guys. It's not that. <laughs> cool. It's just
2: kind of like a like a room where the people put the forgotten like <laughs> yeah. cardboard boxes that belonged to Grace better long than your ago. Office.
0: That's right. We did record the first one in my office, but we've we've upgraded to this this closet.
1: We recorded like do you remember like the secret track on cds like that's what yeah. i feel like oh, that yeah. first podcast was because yeah. we recorded a full You'll, episode that nobody, nobody will one ever hear it it's the secret track it'll come out on our greatest hits
0: it will be missed
1: five years from now
0: barry wasn't even there i was not wow wow we've come so far <laughs> Well, today we are going to be talking with David Bell about the Enneagram. Guys, if you don't know what the Enneagram is by now, where have you been? What is wrong with you? Evangelicals are going nuts about the Enneagram. (laughs) It is the hottest thing since avocado toast. But before that, let's talk about what's on our minds. Who wants to go first? What's going on? What's on your minds? What's happening? I can go first. I just had a very long weekend
2: which included going to multiple nonprofit fundraisers and also hosting at 146th Street at the 146th Street campus, which meant, you know, doing four services. I had to get here at like one something on Saturday and I was here till one something on Sunday. So it's a long, long weekend. But it was a really fun service. Tim talked about marriage and um we it was all about uh we can talk more about that later, but it, it was it was just about what it means to be married and how to what kind of basic things can we take from the overarching arc of scripture. But what was cool about the service is that they did it, interviews with these four couples, the video interviews, and I happened to be me and Olivia used to, got to actually be one of those couples, and so did Marion and Jed. Yeah, which that's was cool. <laughs> good for you guys. It was neat. Yeah, they, so they didn't ask you, you.
1: Are you jealous? Would you have wanted to do that?
0: Uh, yeah. We'll talk about this a little later, but I'm an aide. I would love to be the in the spotlight. Well, now for...
1: is your chance. I can't wait for you to tell all of your listeners about how you met your wife.
0: Uh, oh, no, we'll talk about that some <laughs> other time.
2: But it was, it was really funny because, um, you know, we all talked about how we met, and then they did, like, three different videos, and one was how we met, one was uh, favorite dates, and one was, I think, like, advice that we have, and, um, I mean... Marin and Jed they met at uh, serving at a homeless shelter. Olivia and I met volunteering at the care center at Grace, and then um, so much service. Oh, I know. And then um, it was the Carlsons they met, you know, at Christian College and stuff like that. And then it was the Jurgensons who met on a freighter (laughs) to Japan in the sixties, where where John was on his way to. to learn more Judo and, and seek out the knowledge of Zen Buddhism. It was like, what? I definitely
1: yeah. wanted to hear more from that couple. Yeah. It was like a teaser. Like, please give yeah. me more.
2: Oh, man. That was so funny. Anyway, it was a fun service. And I guess I didn't realize this, but apparently each of the different uh, campuses did a different love song at the oh, beginning.
1: Yes, we did. And shout mm-hmm. out. Shout out to Marin, our campus you were leaders. you were
0: leading worship at one of the campuses, right?
1: I did. I was at our North Indy campus yesterday. And, yeah, all three campuses, um, sometimes we are given a gift. And and this week's gift was you get to choose your own love wow. song. Wow. Because we all have different styles. I don't Whew. sing like Brad or Will, and they don't, you know, just Such everyone, a blessing. Do you, everyone, you think you'd be able to pull off different. an Ed Sheeran song? So, little little backstory on the Ed Sheeran. Um, I have had to sing that song before.
2: What I, song was it?
1: Um Oh, what is it?
2: The one where it's like, "Take me into your
1: loving arms." Yeah, Whatever. yeah. I don't it's know that me one. Under the keep light going. Yeah, of A yeah, thousand no. stars. That's uh, literally all I know. There's lots more words, um, but anyway, I've, <laughs> I've had to do that song before, um, and I don't want to get hate mail, but it's just that's not my thing.
3: Hmm, I'm not really not? into the
1: to the Ed Sheeran. Wow. Not into. So, so I was happy that um, I could find a song that I felt like I could sing. You know, that would be just. You know, something that yeah, I would Yeah, up do. your alley. Up so what'd you do? Up my alley. I did uh, Say a Little Prayer for You. Oh, cool. But it wasn't like the super poppy version that uh, was first popularized. I did a acoustic, jazzy version, um, riffing off of uh, Leanne LaHavas. Le have you ever heard of her? I have not. Incredible, incredible musician. Um, so I found her version and fell in love with it, and that's what I did at North Indy.
0: Wow. What was it, Fishers? In Fishers, they did... Um I want to dance with somebody. And there's some And the interesting- good news, the good news is that there was, at the first service, there was no context set <laughs> for this song whatsoever. <laughs> the service starts and it's, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody, with somebody who loves me. And so there was no, no context. And so the second hour said, Will, we, we should probably give a shout out to who this is for, married people, right? So we did that the second service and it felt way better. But the first time through it is like, Wow, why are we why are we even singing this See, song now right now? Now you
1: got me playing Monday Morning Quarterback because I didn't give a shout out to married people. I just got up there well, and went straight into my Say a little prayer for song. you. It was
0: a little bit different than well, I want to feel the heat with somebody. <laughs> well, we had we had at 146th oh Street, they had a mirror oh
2: ball, a disco ball going the whole time that Brad was singing. Um, so I got up after you know they did the song, they did a video, the, the first of the interview videos, and I got up and I had to say, hey everybody, there's a typo in the bulletin which oh. said that the topic was singleness. <laughs> And so could you imagine, we, we actually had someone... We are
0: flourishing Yeah, here. We, were,
2: we nailed it. Someone literally wrote on our Facebook page, thankfully, or, or they sent a message to us. Thankfully, they were very, they loved the service and they're totally coming back, which awesome. is good. Thank but you. they were single and had, had you know, they Aww. were struggling with... with a Recent uh, divorce, or something along those lines, and so they were very encouraged when they saw the topic was going to be singleness. Oh. And then we start with Whoops. a love song, start talking about marriage. <laughs> wow, salt in the wound! Yeah, Stink. so well, but shout they're coming out back to
3: Brad
1: and Will. Um, I know yeah. they did awesome. I saw Brad getting a lot of love on social media for doing that Edge Nearing song, he gave mm. the people what they wanted That's to right. hear, mm-hmm. and he crushed it.
0: Yeah, I want to dance with somebody, it was great too. Awesome. I don't want to say that we shouldn't have done it, we just it was confusing context is key yeah
1: context <laughs> is king
0: all right so what what else is on your minds Marin? what do you got
1: uh i'm sick with a head cold oh. a, a, a disastrous head cold um woke up it's it can be difficult when so much of your job revolves around sounds that you make uh, from your head and your mouth and, yeah. and ultimately, your nose. So, yesterday during sound check, when everything's kind of just getting cleared out, doing its thing, I'm mm. like, are they hearing every ounce of gurgling that I'm hearing inside <laughs> of my head right now?
0: Yeah, now you got the mouth um, voices I or I mouth totally noises.
1: Do. So, I apologize in advance. Um,
2: Don't um, they have a de gurgling <laughs> setting on the soundboard that they use? Uh,
1: you know, they might, because they, they, they do magical things. Yeah, really. Magical. What it sounds like in my in-ears is not good. Yeah. But then when I like watch a recording back, I was like, oh, well, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. They they really do. They must have some sort of magic. Button. I heard it was great. Well, uh, your wife was super nice. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it was her. <laughs> she, but she seemed to like it. Was. It was. <laughs> um, I have something. All right, so this weekend my my yard has thirteen trees in it thirteen mature trees okay mm-hmm. so fall is just a complete nightmare for me <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> what i don't like I don't like raking the leaves for hours and hours and hours. There was one day one weekend where I bagged over eighty bags of leaves in my yard.
1: What did you choose to purchase this property with the mature trees? My
0: wife loves mature trees okay
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: anyways <laughs> what is it why do people love leaves so much
1: they're beautiful
0: they look great for like a week Yeah, so that's okay. great so I, it was actually my idea I was like why don't we take our four month old and put him in some leaves <laughs> and take pictures of him wouldn't that be great and then as we were doing it like he's covered in dirt and leaves and like I literally into the pile yeah, right I literally was like leaf blowing leaves on him at, or like to Get a pile of leaves put together so that he could rest in them and make this, like, beautiful, natural-looking...
1: I saw some pictures. Yeah,
0: and they're they're great. Yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, what is it about these dirty leaves that, like, (laughs) fascinate us so much that, like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great for a baby to sit in these (laughs) and be covered with this dirt... And who knows what else? I would. One time my wife stepped in dog poop out where those leaves were. Did you put your baby in it? No. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Just make
1: a little nest. Oh, would I? No, I wouldn't.
0: Yeah. Okay, good.
1: I think a lot of parents do this. I did this when my kids were toddlers, maybe not like four months old, because I don't know. But but when they were toddlers, I definitely made them lay in the leaves and and let me take the aerial shots, the aerial pictures of babies and leaves. I mean, they're
0: always cute. But I just wonder who the first person was that was like, you see those dirty things laying in our gutters or ditches? Wouldn't it be great if we could document each other laying in them?
1: I don't don't think they're as dirty as you think they are.
0: What?
3: I don't. They're not
2: actually dirty. They're just brown. What
1: I don't do is I don't clean my gutters. And then scoop those leaves into a pile and ask my kids to lay on those. Ooh, good point. I like them to lay in the freshly fallen, crisp. That's right. Some still have color. Those leaves, the clean one.
2: Yeah. And I'll just tell you, the answer to your question is a photographer did that because taking a photo of somebody in front of a bunch of green leaves is so Not cool. Bland. Super no. boring. Taking them
0: in front of like Orange and vibrant reds. I mean, the like, colors are great, and the pictures are great. I took some really good pictures. I, <laughs> I just don't know why, as a human race, we're fascinated by this.
1: I think, well, I'm, I'm going to go off the deep end a little bit. But Here we go. My husband and I, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. We went hiking in Brown, yeah. Brown County. Yeah. Um, and just whether we hiked or not, the drive to get to the state park was so beautiful with the different colors of the mm-hmm. leaves. It never gets old. Every year it is just so beautiful. If I were to drive that same road in the summertime, I wouldn't think anything of it. Right. Oh look at all the green notice. leaves. Look yeah. at how all the leaves look the same. What we appreciate is variety and beauty and color. Yeah. And so let's go lay in it. We live in that and we live to, in Indiana. Oh go ahead. I'm gonna attach that to multiculturalism. I'm doing it. I'm wow. going there. What I like we it. appreciate is contrast and diversity and things that don't all look the same wow. and why do you gotta, i just went there
2: why you gotta go there i was just gonna say that we live in indiana and like <laughs> all but like 10 days of the year are either like swampy humid nastiness or frigid frozen yeah. nastiness yeah so swampy, having some nice nasty-ness. pretty looking it days great <laughs> i just don't know why we put our babies in it yeah mm. that's if, all what if
1: you did that put Put your baby
2: in the picture of green
1: leaves no, next year. No, I'm what, and I'm, then what a I'm different picture. Is,
0: <laughs> what I'm saying. Is, Are you hating on fall, Tyler? Well, I do hate fall.
1: Because of the ranking. The only thing I like about fall is the chili is
0: and the long sleeves. Football? Uh, I'm I'm kind of out on football these days. Why is that? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a, that's a whole that's a whole other thing, but. I'm kind of out on it. Beloved these listener, days. I doubt that it's for the reasons that you remain.
1: <laughs> I just got really just very I don't know.
0: Did you get sweaty? So what's going on? <laughs> so that's what's going on for me. All right, let's <laughs> let's bring in our guest. Mr. David Bell, everybody. Woo. Welcome, David.
4: I just really want to talk about football time. You
0: do? Yeah. yeah. Well,
4: I want to know why.
0: Actually, I've been out on it a couple of years. For, for a fantasy. couple years. Yeah, I still play fantasy football and all that stuff. But for a couple years, I'm like, eh, I'd much rather watch basketball.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Like, I would much rather watch that sport. And my favorite team's not good. And the management of that team's not good. Andrew Lux in Europe. Like, I know all about it, but, like, uh, yeah. I just, whatever.
1: I watched my husband go through the same thing with the Bears. Like, he's still a diehard Bears fan, but yeah. he's not nearly as dedicated to Making sure that he watches every single game. I watched it yesterday
0: for about an hour and I was like, this is not fun. I would much rather do something else.
4: And then you went to the leaves. Yeah, <laughs> that's hey,
0: exactly what happened. Just so we're
4: clear, football
0: is the one with the oblong-shaped thing <laughs>
2: that's
4: brown. Yeah. Is that? No, actually, it's not. Uh, football is uh, round and multicolored, and it's played in the majority of the world. That's a oh, right. good answer. And then I can see good podcast is going football quick. That has this <laughs> oblong shape that is uh, inferior to wow. the uh, to world football. sport. David, world are you
0: uh, losing your voice?
4: <clears throat> I just taught about the enneagram for two and a half hours, so.
0: Oh my yeah. goodness. Well. We got another hour for you. How's that feel?
4: I heard.
3: (laughs) I feel
0: hungry. So we asked you to come in and uh, talk with us about the Enneagram. So maybe we could set the tone or the context for what that is real quickly. But I'd like to go through. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go through each number quickly. And when I say quickly, I mean, David, we are going to go through lightning fast. You're going to set a timer, right? Yeah, I've oh, got wow. a timer with a buzzer and everything. You're going to love it.
1: Is this making you feel anxious? Does this cause anxiety?
4: No, not anxiety. I just I have no idea what I'm going to say in 10, <laughs> 10 seconds, <laughs> exactly. seconds That's a number. number. Okay. About the all I can say is the name. <laughs> no, we'll say the name. That
0: won't be part of it. Anyways... We're gonna give listeners. We're gonna give if you don't, if you want way more and like to do a deep dive into the anagram. There's tons of books and websites and blogs out there. We will post those on our website. Um, some of our own recommendations, but this this conversation here is mostly geared toward the people who just want to know more about. Tell me more about myself. Really, tell me more about my number. Tell me what I need to know. We have listener questions that we've been asking since last week, and so yeah, it's just casual conversation. But, but assume, in ten seconds, assume, a number. Assume people know a fair amount about the enneagram. A fair
4: amount. Well, like,
2: <laughs> can, I, can I? Here's can I, I, can I, don't I just, want to start there? I don't. Can want I to try listen. this? Let me try giving my like. 10,000-foot view of what the Enneagram is. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. So here's here's basically what it boils down to. Myers-Briggs. Every, well, no, that's a I'm different personality test. And here's the thing. Every personality <laughs> test has its own strengths and its own weaknesses. The one thing that I think really distinguishes the Enneagram is that it is not so much uh, a tool to understand how the world perceives you. It's more of you understanding how, what mask you are wearing to cover up the brokenness of your past. And so it is a it's a really great tool for self discovery mm. versus one that you're just, you know, and yet people still use it to type other people like, "Oh, you're totally a 7 or you're such a 6 yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. it is." For sure. But it really is a matter of understanding yourself. Would you agree with that, David?
4: Yes, the the gift of it first and foremost, I think, is that that you understand it for yourself for your own transformation. You understand your motives. That's also a huge difference of the Enneagram compared to the others. So many other inventories are about your gifting. And so it's easy. People will maybe not easy, but people will uh, type other people based on what they see. But when people ask me, for example, to to tell them what I think their style is Mm -hmm. of the Enneagram, uh, it's hard for me to do because I can tell them based on what I see. But that doesn't necessarily mean I know their Enneagram core because your core is based on motivation dealing with shame, guilt, and fear, and uh, what your besetting sin is. So how are you motivated to compensate in that way? Kind of with a mask idea that you brought up, Barry. But then the other gift, and this is where it can be a gift in relationship, is it. it is ways of understanding how we see the world uh, as in our core type, but then understanding that there's eight other ways, core ways, that people interpret the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it offers us the invitation to compassion for the ways that other people see mm-hmm. uh and, and how we we interact with them out of our own core so that's a, a certainly a, a major second step that, that we can take with it um so how did
0: you come about this and why because you've only been I've only I've known you for a while and I've only known you to talk about this the last four or five years maybe so how did right. you come about it and why did you latch on to it because you're kind of our resident expert in Not the enneagram me, yeah, that's good well you're our resident yeah. you to this community you are You are the the person everybody says, you know, I don't really know what I'm talking about. You should go talk to David Bell Mm -hmm. about the Enneagram. So how did you come about this and why why did you latch on to this?
4: 2011, we were doing a staff retreat with a ministry out of Louisville and they were taking us for three years. Uh, Every three months we would have a retreat related to our own spiritual formation as staff. So it was an investment in us as vocational ministry people to have these two former pastors uh, basically encouraging us in our relationship with God. And as part of that, they introduced us to the Enneagram. So we all took an inventory that revealed to us uh, information about what our core style was. I think my first latching on uh, was the results I received that were just so true. I had come out of a season uh, that I've talked about even in in my preaching in the past of anxiety and uh, really dealing with shame and wrestling with the shame I was feeling in life as a at a certain season, especially as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor, all these different things. And when I got my results, I just laughed because they were so spot on to all of the counseling I had just done for the past like two years. And so my first latching on was this resonates as true. The Enneagram Mm. does not try to be scientific. It's, it's doesn't, its roots go back to the fourth century and, um, and especially the last hundred years. And, uh, and so it's been around a long time and it doesn't claim to be scientific, but it is useful and it speaks truth. And I, I found so much truth in what I read about myself. It gave language to what I had been experiencing over the previous two and a half years that I latched on personally. But then as we delved more deeply into it, uh, Really, in in, in the young adult community of access at the time that I was pastoring, we started to use it with different young adults in leadership because we believe so strongly that our leadership comes out of brokenness. That's just a a, a core tenant of what we believe about leadership at Grace uh, since I've been here and and since before I I was here that I learned when I came. And the Enneagram opens the door Hmm. to understanding your brokenness so that you can see your character transformed possess then a spiritual authority that God gives. And that gives you your influence that, that is out of your transformed and transforming presence. And, and so the Enneagram opening that door to, to unlocking that for myself and for other people is like, this is, this is too helpful in the hands of God for people for their own spiritual transformation. And as, as Barry started with, as well as then um, transforming them in a way to see people through the eyes of God and not from a worldly point of view.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a question. Um, so I, I had never heard of the Enneagram until I came to Grace Church, um, and I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there that still haven't heard of it, or maybe are just like me, haven't heard of it until... White um,
0: evangelicals are going nuts. That's what you said. <laughs> Over it. That's
4: what you, you said. They're going nuts.
0: Flying off the
1: shelves. and Losing their
0: minds. We are, are. We cannot. Restrain ourselves about the enneagram. It comes up in so many conversations. Oh,
1: absolutely! It came up even before I was like officially here in a full-time capacity. This word just kept coming up. So,
4: (laughs) I said white If
1: it's been around since, did you say the 14th century?
4: Fourth century. How did I not hear about this? Some people will speak about the roots of the enneagram. We'll go back to the fourth century, and then, in particular, uh, desert fathers, church fathers. Um, The the modern enneagram as we engage with now is. Uh, between, well, there's some some connections back about 100 years to a Jesuit priest uh, out of South America, and then particularly in the last about 40, 50 years um, that it was brought in particular by one uh, Jesuit priest into North America and into particularly the States. Um, when you look at some of the books that are more popular in their writing, this actually, yeah, it's, it's late eighties, early nineties, that people were beginning to write. Um, father Richard Rohr, who is a Jesuit priest uh, based out of New Mexico, his book Enneagram a Christian perspective is, is what
3: mm.
4: really put the Enneagram into the, the Christian uh, purview, I guess you could say. And, um, uh, somewhere in the last 10, 10 years or so, for some reason it's been picked up on even more by mm. more and more authors, uh, Christianity today did an article on evangelicals responding to it, um, which, when CT writes about something, it means it's it's somewhere in the around the, it's realm on the of map. The, it's <laughs> on the map for the evangelicals, that's for yeah. sure. If CT writes about it, uh, so that that's interesting. And certainly, you go to Amazon, you you Google enneagram books, you're getting more and more and more enneagram books. But they've actually some of the primary resources that are used really come from the late '80s, early '90s. Mm. Um, and then the Enneagram Institute is a, a quote unquote secular organization i guess you could say uh that's very prominent in teaching about the enneagram and lots of people have have connected there as well and that website is actually very helpful for an understanding
0: okay good context so what i want to do i want to spend the rest of our time kind of going through each number because the thing that barry's right and the conversations at least that i've heard or been a part of or heard around grace church is like you're totally when uh, then fill in the blank number, which you should never do. Amen. So let's talk about why. But but I want to put you on the spot, David, and I want to go through each number and say as much as you can in ten seconds <laughs> per number, and then we'll just talk about each number, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, mostly good for eights.
1: Don't you mean the resourceful <laughs> and the non-resourceful? Yeah. yeah. Like if we're gonna and talk so, about this, so let's there's use a the whole,
0: there's a whole <laughs> ecosystem of language in the Enneagram that some people are confused by. We've got a bunch of listener questions that uh, things like resourceful and wings and non-resourceful and things like, I mean, there's a whole thing that I don't even know. So let, we'll, we'll get into all that.
4: Maybe. Huh?
0: Maybe. <laughs> Why do you say maybe? Cause he's <laughs> hungry. This is, you got stuff this to is do.
4: Not, no, no, no. Cause this, uh, isn't there a time limit on this podcast?
0: Yeah. But let's just see how far we can get. Okay. So, okay.
1: Yes. So, and, and this, 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 I experienced this personally as someone new to Grace Church early on in, you know, just becoming um, aware of this lingo and things like that. People would say one person in particular, oh, I totally know what you are.
4: They think you're a four. Yeah, because you're an artist. Yes. Yes. That's
1: a yes. But they were wrong. Of course, they're wrong. They were wrong. <laughs> I mean, <not> of course, <laughs> <they> were, <sorry>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And my response: I'm typically. You don't know me. Yeah,
3: that's right. Don't
1: you think you good know me. You. you don't know Total me. four. And it felt so good yeah. when I did four. take the assessment <laughs> <laughs> to be able to say, "I told you, you didn't know me. I'm not a four. You don't know me." And just so you know, I took it. I took it again
2: last night. And you're a four.
1: I'm exactly the same oh. as I was six well, months ago. Well, that's good. Right on. That's No, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, I wanted to be different.
2: Well, here's 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 why. <laughs> for me i i resist the typing because um i'm technically i'm i'm a seven that's my primary number but i am almost as high the percentages on my scores i'm almost as high a three i'm also really high a four and so when people say oh you're a seven that's why you reacted that i'm like well let's talk about the whole me right before we pigeonhole right. me into only doing things that sevens might mm-hmm. do or you could just look at them and say
1: you don't know me
2: that's try that you well, don't you don't know me. Exactly. Is that, is that did I get it? More
4: <clears throat> you don't. You don't know. No. <laughs> well, that—that's part of the problem. Is the comment to you, Barry, is someone saying you did that because you're seven? But the issue is probably, in the, in the ultimate sense, you—you you did out of the motivation of seven, but it could have been very three-ish. I mean, people do the same thing, and people assume that they know that you're this because of the outward. Right. Oh, vineyard. you're so creative. You must
2: be a four. Mm-hmm. Well, there are creative sevens yes, and there's there creative ones and, and threes
4: and, and others. Yeah. So what's the motivation behind it? So for mm-hmm. example, like one of the common ones is people talk about, Oh, you must be a two because you care about people. Mm-hmm. Well, it, if you're a two and you care about people, it's because you feel their feelings and you do care about people, but the person could easily respond to no, I'm actually a nine. Well, it's not that nines don't care about people, but nines care about harmony and unity. And their motivation and everything is that they're not fragmented from other people. That's a very different motivation than me caring about the feelings of other people, of why they're drawn to people. But someone will look at someone Mm. based on their interaction with people and say, oh, you must be this. Well, you can't read their heart. Mm -hmm. So the the biggest problem with it is that when you especially talk to someone who doesn't know the Enneagram or you throw out a type to them – is it gets in their mind. So then when they go to either do an inventory that they're trying to, to see how it could help them understand their core type, or they, you don't have to do an inventory. You can just read about the different numbers. And in fact, that's one of the best ways to do it. Read about the different numbers and to see your mm. type. You're predisposed to a number that someone's kind of put into your mind. And you either go one way, like you kind of talked about, yeah. like you don't know me. Yeah. I can't do it your way.
3: <laughs> uh, and,
4: and Or you, you uh, so you're predisposed to push that number away when that actually might be your core. Uh, or you're you're predisposed to gravitate towards that number when that's not the number you want to gravitate towards mm-hmm. because you're actually something else and so it just is not helpful mm-hmm. uh, when when we are quick to throw it out there so yeah
0: are you ready to do this
4: yes start with number one we can I don't normally but
0: oh wait what do you start with two you start with two yes that's, he's okay. crazy
4: <laughs> that is because it's of the so triads, unconventional and the ones don't like the fact that I started with two.
0: Wow. So if there's a one listening,
4: they don't understand. This is all over the place. You've lost control, eight. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you like to be all in right. control. So I'm
0: going to give you <laughs>
4: 10 seconds.
0: And you're going to tell me and Barry and Marin and our listeners all of the things you can in 10 seconds about the number two.
4: You know, when you do this with pressure in 10 seconds, it makes your mind go blank and you just say, um. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We can
0: edit out the ums.
4: So yeah. you'll
2: have fewer seconds to work with. But, but we can do that. Okay. Are
4: you ready? No. Number two. <laughs> Go. They feel the feelings of others. They love to help people. People outside the Christian church will look at the Enneagram and say that Jesus was a two because you always are serving. Serving to feel better about yourself and ashamed <laughs> that you. Fear. Wow. Whoa.
2: That's
0: not a
4: long Pretty time. Pretty
0: good. That was actually what? really good. Well done.
1: There was no. um a
0: 2 You're number three, but do you have a two wing?
4: I do have a two wing.
0: Okay. Explain what the word wing means means
4: wait a minute i thought i was doing every number for 10 seconds no
0: we will oh you're going to intermix with these things yeah
4: we'll do some (laughs) some uh so a wing is the number next to your number on the enneagram figure so enneagram is just nine nine figure so it's a nine figure figure so a circle most of the time and the wing is the number next to it so as a three i can have a two wing or i can have a four wing uh Five can have a six-wing or a four-wing. Where it gets confusing for some people a little bit is that it wraps back around. So if you're a one, you can have either a nine-wing or a two-wing. And if you're a two, you can either have a one-wing or a three-wing. So it's nine numbers, but it's going around in a circle clockwise. What you cannot have, but I hear people say, is they'll say, I'm a seven with a three-wing. No, you're not. You're a seven. You either have an eight-wing or a six-wing and your three it just means you think your three is high and you're calling it a wing it's not a wing it's just another high number according to certain inventories that say you gravitate to the gifting and the attributes of that personality
2: and what does a wing do it modifies, modifies your... the core yeah. how so uh
4: the best example is really an analogy it's like cream in your coffee your core is your uh, is your coffee and your well i don't drink cream in my coffee i drink almond milk so it's my almond milk in my coffee Gotcha. So, and how much like it's it, how much milk you put into the coffee is whether it's effective. You don't put a lot in and the coffee looks more black to brown. Um, then that just means it's not as big of an influence. And if you like a lot and it gets as, you know, the color of the sand on the seashore and dust in Florida, which is really beautiful, by the way, <laughs> uh, then you, your wing is really strong and it affects you quite a bit. But you still have your core. It do, you don't become that wing or that number. You have your, you're always your core. Your core, uh, I believe in the school of thought of the Enneagram I adhere to, uh, your core is given to you by God.
0: Okay, so born that, with your that core. was actually one of the questions yeah. we received. You're born, your you're born with your core. Do you develop your wing or are you born can with you, your can wing? Can you ring, read the, the question
1: matter? directly? Because it was a really good question.
0: Yes. Are our styles learned or are we born with them? This is a question from Alec.
4: We're born with our core style. We then learn uh, through nurture to develop our false self style, and that begins at about seven weeks old.
0: Wow! wow. Dang. David,
1: that that was hard for me to hear because I did go through your class, and by seven weeks I had already lived quite a life. Um, so it was hard for me to hear that.
4: Like you started like, to develop that.
1: Yeah, yeah like. Who among us can be
3: safe in <laughs> seven weeks? This stuff is happening. Well, what we have to
4: realize, and this is uh, directly from um, uh, my the opportunity to, to train under and learn from Suzanne Stabile, who's co-author of The Road Back to You, which is the book we highly recommend as the a primer into the Enneagram. And my wife and I did a training with her this summer.
0: We'll put a link on our website.
4: Loved how she explained this, uh, this idea of personality and, and uh, the way that to go from there to here, here being today. To go from there to here, you needed your personality. You needed to create a, a, a shield, as it were, to make it in the world. Um, Richard Rohr calls it your box. You, you, know, you think that a personality test puts you into a box. Actually, you've already put yourself in a box. The Enneagram wants to break you out of your box. So you have your personality that's like a shield or a, or a box around you, and, and that's how you cope, it's how you make it in the world. And uh, you learn that from very early on, seven weeks, psychologists, six, seven weeks is when babies can start to interact with their parents and impact their parents.
2: Is that why Milo pretended that he liked sitting in all those leaves to, like, uh, please his parents?
4: P- potentially, yes. Yeah. Yes, if he no read, if he read way, something going David. on, yes, in his subconscious. I, I, according to psychologists, that's the psychology it. stuff I wow. don't totally know, but it's, like, that's happening. So here's, let's talk about the two we just talked about. He doesn't even so, know he has feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting right, he there. He knows you have feet. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the two, for example, uh, what they learned early on in their life is that in order to get their needs met, they need to meet the needs of others. So as a, a, a child born as a two, they, they're in their environment. And whatever that environment is, whether it's a good home, family home, but they've got some broken perceptions or it's a, a bad family home where there's a lot of hurt and pain. What they realize is, oh, for me to make it and do well here and for me to be able to, to, to live the way I, I, I should try and live as a, as a child I need to meet other people's needs. Like I need to meet mom and dad's needs and then they'll meet mine. Like I got to get everybody else dinner. It could be as practical as Mm. a five-year-old saying, I serve everybody dinner at the table before I can get mine. And they have that as part of their core, but then it's their personality, their false self that's saying, And the way I get my needs met is by meeting the needs of others. And so I put other people's needs before myself. And that's how I feel like Mm -hmm. I can be me. And that starts very, very young. And that gets reinforced for a very long time until we... And that works to get you from there to here. But that won't get you from here to there. That personality has become a shield in front of our truest self. And our truest self cannot come through. People love us for our personality. Uh, a two might, when they start to transform and change and see God change them towards their truest self, might even start to hear, you're not as helpful anymore. That's actually probably a healthy thing for a two to hear. It means I'm mm-hmm. starting to put up some boundaries and not helping all the time in order to make themselves feel better about themselves. Because twos want to feel loved, valued, and wanted. Wow. Well, ready for number three? No, but that's a lot of stuff I just said that probably went over some people's heads, but
2: that's okay. So they can re- <laughs> rewind and listen again. Yeah.
4: The magic of podcasting. podcasting. That's true. Number three. Go. Deceit, image, success. We want to be successful above all things, so we'll either work for it or we'll deceive to get that because above all things, we want to be loved, valued, and wanted.
1: So hold on. If, if anyone is like me, number three, deceit. Like,
0: <laughs> Way to start you off. Are, you are a three. Yes.
1: Um, I know that you are not like a deceptive person. Yeah, what the heck? What, can, you, can you qualify that? What, what did you or maybe you
4: are. That? he's deceived us all so the deceit I use that word because that's what is often attributed as the deadly sin or the vice of a three Mm. that we will deceive to uh, to look successful if we can't achieve it Mm. Um, because success is the way just like a two serves to feel loved and wanted a, a three will be successful to feel loved and wanted by what we do in achieving that so I can deceive myself I can deceive myself into thinking, I, of course I can do it. I can be productive, I can get a ton done, I can I can stretch myself way beyond my limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happened to me in 2008 mm-hmm. when I ended up in a panic attack and and on anxiety medication and, mm-hmm. and counseling. That's all out of me driving myself. I learned later, thanks to the Enneagram, because I was driven towards success to define me, and mm-hmm. I thought that's what I needed. Uh, but we can also deceive other people. We can be manipulative with other people. We'll walk into a room and we, we can, um, if we're not sensitive and careful to the, with the spirit at all, if we start to move towards unhealth, we'll use people. We'll, 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 use people like a chameleon to become whatever somebody needs for us to be that can help us climb the social status ladder mm-hmm. or the, a, a literal corporate ladder or anything like
3: mm-hmm.
2: that. I've so. heard it described that the three has a kind of a magic power. The moment a three, and I'm a high three. So I've experienced this myself. When the moment a three walks into a room, they know exactly who to become to, to win the favor and approval Favorite. of the people in that room. Yep. And
0: it, Man, that is deceptive. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, I, I go
1: to a three when I'm stressed. Yes. Um, so, what does that mean? Like, what
0: does it mean to go to
2: a number in a time of stress or so relaxation? So,
4: the phrase we sometimes use, yeah, we use that. There's the language of we go to this number, and then there's this number moves towards us. So, let's just ignore those phrases and just say that number influences you. It's just okay. an easier way to think
0: about. it. That's that. like the sugar to your cream
4: to bingo. coffee. Hey, bingo, hey, bingo. 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 Yep. If it's stress, it's sugar in the raw. And if it's relaxed, <laughs> it's Stevia because that's healthier. <laughs> so, Stevia is
1: nasty, straight up nasty. I'll take sugar not, in the
4: raw. Stevia is really good with uh, lemon juice and <laughs> apple cider vinegar. It makes a homemade lemonade that is outstanding.
1: Wow. I'm coming to your house. Yeah, You're so welcome to. <laughs> what's the resourceful side of a three?
4: Resourceful just means healthy. And the healthy side of a three. So people that are worried about the phrases resourceful, non-resourceful just think healthy, unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier term for us in our emotional health and spiritual health. So uh, a healthy three is um, getting things done and achieving engineering. And then not only be visionary, is what, what the plan is and, and moves towards that uh, there. They can be very visionary and then not only be visionary, but then strategically know how to move down mm. uh, the path towards that vision and achieving it. Um, well, um, a three, especially with a two wing will involve other people in a very healthy way, not manipulative and, Uh, draw them into the to collaborate with us in a team form if it's a three with a four wing uh, like uh, Dave Rod is a three with a four wing Mel Boyer is a three with a four wing they'll have uh, a lot of creativity and beauty that will come into play as well for them with with the way they lead uh, in that so the the gifting of the three is the world doesn't move without us like we get things done Mm -hmm. that's our gifting we're productive we do achieve we're efficient the exaggeration of the three it's another way to talk about unhealth On health is when our gifting is exaggerated, and that's when we're going— By yourself or by by, other people? When I exaggerate, when I get extra productive, more efficient. And so I I am um, driving myself to—I you know have a vulnerability to being a workaholic because uh, I'm driven, and that's the excess or the exaggeration of my gifting. Mm -hmm.
1: That leads us to a a listener question. Lauren asked, when you go to a number in stress, like I go to a three when I'm stressed— Is it possible to pull from the resourceful qualities or do you only pull from the non-resourceful?
4: Depends on your school of thought with the Enneagram. So uh, there is a school of thought with the Enneagram that some people teach that you automatically go to the non-resourceful unhealthy stress number. That's what I would assume. And automatically go to the resourceful healthy relaxed number, a secure number. The words that are used that some people may encounter are disintegration and integration. And so disintegration equals stress number, integration equals secure, relaxed number. Having said all that, that's not the school of thought I, I personally oh, adhere what to. What do you think? I think that both numbers are an opportunity because sometimes for some people, a little bit of stress actually makes them sharper, mm-hmm. clearer in who they are and draws out their gifting. Mm-hmm. Too it's much
2: totally, stress. It's totally happen. true for me.
4: Me too. Yeah. So, and some people in secure, relaxed uh, just collapse. I like do they too. don't know how to Fall handle apart. that. So uh, and and. In either case, the health is the goal, and health in your core will bring health in your secure and your stress. But to the question directly, yeah, I, I believe there is the opportunity to draw upon the, the healthy aspects of three, four, a six to get um, to get clarity of what they need to do. So a six doubts themselves pretty continually sure do and yeah. <laughs> maybe
0: Marin, you're a six right <laughs> maybe
4: and uh and yes. so that three can can help ground them into focus and into achieving and getting things done just like the, the gifting of the three does
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i don't necessarily like when i'm stressed go around like deceiving people
4: you might if Am you're I? unhealthy
1: yeah or i might just get stuff done
4: or you might get stuff done. All right. might focus you all right number four ready yes Feelings, 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 more feelings. Then they have more feelings. They think about their feelings. Then they have more feelings. They are not feeling their feelings. They are their feelings. And they're amazing people.
3: Wow.
0: <laughs> wow.
4: Sorry, fours. That was kind oh of mean.
1: Oh, man. Y'all very, feel please, that? Y'all feel please, that, fours? Please tell force? me
4: what Olivia says. Yeah, going to be, are they,
0: are they going to be offended that you said that? I, no. You know I, what?
4: I don't think they will. I don't I think, think it's so. so yeah, unique, yeah. I'm
0: married to a four. Uh, Olivia is a very prominent
2: four. And it, it really is amazing yeah. for her, the way she describes it is if there's a bucket or like a big big bucket full of emotions and she is feeling something, she wants to not just get to the bottom of the bucket. she wants to keep digging to see if there's anything, anything below, below the bucket yeah. and just wow. keep going deeper and deeper. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into talking about how these things affect our marriage quite yet. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. but um, we'll get to seven in a second and talk about how for me as a seven, my initial reaction when I'm feeling something, a negative, especially is just to be like, well, maybe I won't feel that anymore and I'll just avoid it and run away from my feelings where wow. Liv, Liv is, is diving deep into her yeah. feelings. And it's, this is one of the things that the Enneagram has been so useful mm. for, for us is to be able to understand how we process the things that we're feeling. I run from my feelings and Liv just, right. I mean, wallows in them. It's kind of a negative word, she, but she, no, she is her feelings. She is her, she feelings. Is her feelings. And so when, when she's feeling something like really, deeply and it's got her agitated and she can't stop thinking about it and I'm like hey maybe just have you tried just not feeling that anymore <laughs> oh my like Lord, doesn't yes. work doesn't work and yeah. so nope. I've had to I've had to learn how to how to not not necessarily she doesn't expect me to feel yeah. as deeply as her she just wants her feelings to be recognized and acknowledged and for me to say I'm here and and what you're feeling is Okay, mm-hmm. and and it's been really good for me, frankly, because there are times, and I could point to specific instances where I would have wanted normally to just run away from something I was feeling, uh, but because I'm married to Liv, she has drawn out of me a, a, a real acknowledgement of my own emotions, and it's been great. We've really helped each other. Um, we'll get into more with sevens in a bit, but like sevens and fours in many ways are very opposite, so we are very much yeah. opposites attract, and I've helped. Olivia to, to move beyond herself yes. sometimes her own emotions and to do something. do stuff and mm-hmm. explore the world <laughs> and she's helped me to get in touch with who I am and what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. When mm. this
1: stuff comes to life, you see the you see its usefulness, you recognize its importance. I know um, again because I'm new here and, and the the Enneagram is a new word for me. it wasn't necessarily like, well-received by certain folks in my family who (laughs) might think that it's psychobabble, uh, if I can use that word. Yes. But when you see it, when you see it come to life, like I am married to seven and I can tell you like almost date and time where my husband looked at me when I was, I have a high four, I'm not a four, but I have a high four, when I was all up in my feelings and he said, well, can't you just not? like." (laughs) Because to him <laughs> I love him but he just he didn't he he didn't comprehend that I could feel a certain way because to him it's just what is that what even is that right you know and it's not to say he doesn't have feelings I'm not saying that I'm no, saying No but he
4: represses them
1: Well and it it, it mm-hmm. so helps us to it helped me like I I was married for nearly 15 years before I came to Grace Church I really would have loved to have been armed with this information much earlier on armed. in our marriage <laughs> Seriously. And okay. I do mean armed. I'll say it again.
0: <laughs> Ready for number five? Okay. We're on five. Four, right? Fours will come up more as we talk, I'm yeah, sure. Actually, before we jump to five, Olivia submitted a question. The most four question that yeah. we got. Oh, good. How do all the other numbers cope with all of the sad injustices in the world without being constantly devastated?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. It is a great
0: question. And can I
2: tell you one of the we Liv and I joke about this a lot, but like if she has a life slogan? about just her real her understanding of reality it's we should all just die <laughs> because for her like all of the all of the brokenness of the world especially for someone like her with such a huge heart and compassion she just feels yes. the brokenness of the world and uh, yeah. man, it's a good thing that she's a christ follower and she has
0: hope that she can that she can pursue yeah uh, i yeah i mean yeah. my well, favorite olivia quote was What's even the point of trying to be happy? <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> she literally said that one time. Four, four, four. Hmm. Four, four. The answer to her question is there's eight different answers.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah.
4: And then her own answer for herself is a, a four and asking that. But that's the reality. That And that, again, is the gift of as you get to know the Enneagram, okay, here's another step with it. Like uh, Someone who feels that can then say, oh, okay, so this is how they handle that. And this is how this person handles it. And then potentially there's something there for them to be influenced by or to move towards that helps them if they feel a bit paralyzed by all the brokenness yeah. and the hurt and the pain. In the
1: it's, it's easy. I know as much as we're not supposed to identify the core of someone else, we're humans. And it's easy. As I was going through your uh, Enneagram class that I took, um, I saw snapshots of my parents mm-hmm. or um, people I've been in bands with. Um, one person in particular— we were just praying after a band rehearsal, just like normal. It was a normal. Nothing went wrong in this rehearsal. Um, and we went around the circle, each of us taking a turn praying. And when this particular fellow um, w- launched into his prayer, I i don't know how it took him to the polar ice caps, but this what? prayer ended with my dear, sweet friend on his face, weeping before the Lord yes. for the sake of the polar bears, because the ice caps were melting. The literal
2: polar bears. Um not and the emotional one he was actual
1: polar bears aw. oh dear god they're losing their home we're praying yeah. for the polar bears is that not the most for thing to do like maybe cuz you're feeling
4: don't stereotype the feeling.
1: so no and I, i'm not i'm not trying to put that on my friend but yeah. when i hear that question yeah. it makes me think of so many right. friends i have that take whatever's going on in the world and just pilot they they don't do it on purpose but they right. feel that weight wait for the polar right. bears or wait for things in other countries that they are they feel powerless to enact any change or, or do anything useful, but they're they're suffocated by this weight.
2: Right, right. And really quickly, so one of the things that I think is so interesting when when we talk about health and unhealth, for an unhealthy four, you can see how you can imagine how that would lead to some really dark places. Mm-hmm. But you can also see in fours that are able to be healthy, you can see them channel that that angst with the world into creative art and beauty and in incredible things or in so, for someone like like Olivia who also has a very strong 3 she i'm i'm watching for right now her her frustration with the realities of the broken world are turning into this rock solid like like devotion to making her life about healing those things amen mm. mm-hmm. which That's is cool. awesome so yeah. yeah it's 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 so interesting anyway High five Olivia as yeah, very resourceful we, of you we love you and i also love you as your husband <laughs>
4: Very important. All right, number five. Observers who will always want to sit in the back of the room so they can take everything in.
1: That's a really annoying that's sound that's you loud. found. That's because <laughs> he likes
4: basketball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you were saying? <laughs> I think the horn literally like drowned me mute out. Muted your mic.
4: Generosity is the key with that knowledge. So knowledge is power. So they want to they want to um, take in whatever whatever they take in. They want to hold on to. They want to in a sense um, they're vulnerable to hoarding it and keeping it to themselves because to share that information or share their emotions or share what they're feeling uh, that's vulnerable and people might stomp on that and uh, might treat it poorly and so the the vulnerability the temptation is to hold to hoard it in and um and so the virtue of transformation is generosity a five needs to move towards being generous in in any way shape or form i've uh, i'm surrounded in my life by fives Mm -hmm. and um and have great ironically because of that just have such a great love and appreciation for them, uh, and, and who they are and their gifting. And, uh, and so have watched numbers of my friends and people I work with who are fives who step towards health because they just are generous with who they are. And, and
0: five typically is called the wise one, right?
4: Yes. The, my, the hesitancy I have with that is, uh, depending on on whose work you look at with Enneagram, sometimes you'll see words like, uh, the 7 is the joyful person the 5 is the wise person the 9 is the peacemaker the 2 is the the loving person and so i've i shy away from any title like that with a number that speaks to either a fruit of the spirit or a gift of the spirit mm. because then people get into this mindset of oh i'm i'm uh, I can't be wise because the five is the wise person or, oh, I, I have very little seven in me, so I'm never joyful or something like mm-hmm. that. When the reality is that's, now we're talking about something that transcends the Enneagram when we get into the fruit of the spirit and the spirit's work of our life. Yeah, that's and good. so I, I prefer, I would say they're called the observer or the investigator, which the 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 problem or the the vulnerability there is, uh, and you touch on it when you say the wise person, fives can believe that because knowledge is power, gaining knowledge through tons of information they can take the next step and say that makes them wise. But knowledge and information is not equal to wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's just knowledge and information. And you may be very knowledgeable and that's great. It doesn't necessarily make you wise. You can be a knowledgeable fool.
0: I wanted to be a five so bad. Well,
4: under stress, you are You are influenced by five.
0: Yeah. Thank God. It's
1: the cream in your coffee.
0: I uh, Sugar. Alcohol. When I took this oh, test, it's <laughs> the stevia in your ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> when I took this test, I read kind of head and, and saw what. Why each? did you want to be the five? Because it said it was the wise one, I was like, I want to be the wise one. I want to be the smartest one. I want to be, wow. I, I want to be yes. so wise. And so I tried to like bias my answers. And it didn't work. No, nice. It didn't work. But yeah, I have a high five. That's because you biased
4: your answers. Yeah, yeah,
3: probably.
1: As I was as I was taking the assessment again last night, I totally thought I was going to get a different result. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm doing way better this time. I'm
4: doing way better. <laughs> better.
2: Can't
0: do better. <laughs>
2: Every, I'm going to cover over those no broken more inventories parts of myself for you.
0: Just yeah. read books. <laughs> so, I tried to be a 5 and I was an 8 and I was ticked that I was an 8 because mm. of what the 8 is. And so you vowed to never take the Enneagram again. <laughs> I took it today and I'm an
4: 8. Eights are great. Still. Did
0: you take it today? I took it today yes. and just I was to, like, just All just right. Let's see let's see little, if I'm a 5 you're, now." You're
4: not taking the Enneagram. You're taking an inventory that, that costs $10 to you. Your Enneagram person. Okay, but
1: inventories okay. by nature, aren't they supposed to change? Like, my friend Jackie, shout out to Jackie, takes inventory in the store because things come <laughs> and things go. They you, change.
4: You, you're you're you, Likely with that inventory that you're talking about you took for $10, your numbers did change. Of the 27 numbers on your results. Ever so slightly. lots of change in there.
1: Not the way I something. wanted them to change. Mm. I ain't see no green lines.
0: Ready for number six? Green
4: lines? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Number six. <laughs> They struggle not to doubt themselves continually. Sixes are all about authority and finding their own internal sense of authority, which they they really struggle to have and to know for themselves. And they need to move towards Tell me more. action. <laughs> the loyal person. They're loyal because uh, because of the authority issue. So sixes, uh, some people find sixes to be confusing. I did it first. Now I feel like I probably understand the six more now than any other enneagram number besides my own. Mm. Uh, They also, um, some people believe that they are more than 50% of the American population are sixes. So sixes are loyal to authority. Uh, If they're in unhealth, they do not have an internal sense of authority to make their own decision, uh, to know what they want to do. Uh, They doubt themselves and their thinking, and they are prone towards managing all their fear with worst-case scenario thinking. So they can spiral very easily and very quickly into worst-case scenario thinking.
1: Now I have a question about that because I am I am the worst case scenario person, um, <laughs> but I don't necessarily is that a is that an unresourceful quality? One of the things that I read was that if you're in a disaster, you want a six with you
4: because we're prepared. Yeah. Sixes like came up with the insurance industry. Like you're welcome. Had to be yeah. so <laughs> I did six. Thank you. So yeah. Thanks, <laughs> <man.
3: laughs> We're I so grateful. That. <laughs> no, that,
4: that, there's truth to that. Like that in their in yes in health there great planners who are ready and when you need them like without question so in our class the transformed leader where we've been going through the enneagram for this tonight is our last class of the six weeks but last week we did a panel and uh, our six on the panel as she she talked about what do you like about your your type she talked about that i'm always ready and Mm -hmm. i can i can handle a crisis and it's so true you want sixes in crisis without question because they've thought through all the scenarios that you're now encountering and you're now facing the, the challenge for the six is in unhealth, that paralyzes the six. Mm. They won't move. They won't take action. Okay, so,
1: well, unless you have a wing three. So, if I'm a six and I'm fearful all the three. time, I mean, not a wing stress three, I'm three. sorry, stress three. Yeah. yeah so, I'm not paralyzed because yeah. I got to get stuff done.
4: Yes, that can help. But you still, you can also spiral yourself with getting that work done because it might be unproductive work. Mm. It might be the work that doesn't need mm-hmm. to be done mm-hmm. because you've worst case scenario planned yourself to the point of, I got a lot more work to do than I really.
1: True story, man. Do. And that speaks to any time I've ever packed to go
4: anywhere. Like yes, way I, more work than necessary. I heard that this morning. I was in a a, a setting where I <laughs> taught this morning for the Enneagram for, for some new staff. And someone made the comment of just in case sixes are the just in case. Are people. you
1: kidding? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. My poor children bring Extra a luggages. jacket. They're the best. And a winter coat and hat and gloves. Luggages. And just in case some shorts.
4: Yes. Just in case. You never Sixes know. Sixes are great. <laughs> Every are.
0: six I know is fantastic.
4: Well, that's because they're warm, caring, and likable. Keep that's going. That's so true. They are, are wonderful people. I'm married to a six, and so I, of course, I love that. So so
0: <laughs> I know a six who they're looking for identity, right? They're looking for safety or security. Yep, security and safety. Yep, and when they right. don't find it and they see somebody else that, that, that has that, they kind Gravity. of like mold. Mm-hmm. their identity
4: they can yes mm-hmm. can you
0: talk more about that well, it's,
4: it's that internal sense of authority if that person seems to have security and safety and they have some kind of authoritative place in their life either actual or relational authority then they're going to gravitate towards it because it will give them that connection point that makes them feel safe wow it's a different form so a three is a chameleon to make people like them and love them The six in that way might uh in a sense, lose themselves for the sake of the group or the sake of an authority because of the safety and security it brings them.
0: We got a question. What's the difference between a two and a six?
4: Well, there's lots of differences. Uh, a, a two is feeling dominant. So when they walk into a room, they interpret the room based on the feelings of the people in the room. And they then uh, want to do something about what they feel and they repress their thinking. A six is thinking dominant, but they uh, then repress that thinking with the unproductive, worst-case scenario thinking. So they could look like a two because they end up using feeling and doing to be able to determine what to do in that situation. But the six is not driven by the feelings of other people the way the two is. In addition, the six is is feeling and doing to find safety and security, not to find an identity within themselves. So you might say that two, threes, and fours, they're all pursuing identity. Five, six, and sevens are all pursuing belonging, and eight, nines, and ones are all pursuing their purpose. We all pursue purpose, identity, and belonging, but each triad has a, a, an initial focus. And so the two would be searching for identity while the six is searching for belonging. So it's
0: fair to say there's a little bit of each number in all of us. Yes. Okay.
4: Mm-hmm. Let's just. And and more than a little for some. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I wanted to be a two because that's the Jesus number. Because you're hopeful. That's the Jesus number. Like, People like to say it's like, a Jesus. Like, right? Would every
4: was a Christian want to no, no, be a two? Those outside of the Christian faith would say Jesus is a two, just like we might say that Buddha was a five. Or, or somebody else you know, mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of religious tradition outside of that. There's, Richard Rohr has a beautiful piece in his book, Enneagram, A Christian Perspective, uh, about Jesus in all nine styles. Mm. And there is something to that because if, what we believe is that we're talking about every style, when you come to health, what you are finding when you, when you lose your personality, when you lose the shield, the box that you've been using to get you from there to here, and now you want to move from here to there and what God wants to do to let your true self, your essence shine forth. You're talking about your true self in Christ. And so the face of Christ is in every style. And in that sense, whether you want to call Jesus a nine or Jesus a ten, either one works. I mean he's in he's in every style in that in that way. So but for the person that's asking about the difference between two and six, uh, at this point now I'd have to start asking them key questions right. directly about okay, which one the how do you repress your thinking? You both repress thinking. So but how do you do that? Talk about your when you feel how how strongly do you feel? Does the belonging and secu- and the identity, how does that resonate with you and how does that play out in your life? There's more questions there. Mm. And do they do the worst case scenario thinking? If you're if you are between 6 and any other number, if you realize that you do the worst case scenario thinking and it dominates your days like every day, then you're more than likely a 6.
0: Into part one. Be sure to uh, look for part two where we discuss numbers seven through one and uh, conclude our conversation with David Bell.
3: Thanks for listening, guys.